Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi, everyone. It's Faith. We are deep into post-production on Apollyon. And I am excited to tell you that more episodes will be coming to you starting Wednesday, November 17th. In the meantime, I have a little treat for you. Hi, I'm Lindsay Crawford. I am a assistant professor at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln, and I research human herpes viruses and how they cause disease. This is the science behind Apollyon, where you hear experts talk about the facts behind the fiction. This episode covers episode one of Apollyon, The Destroyer. I think it's in the first like five minutes of the show, Theo is talking to a class and she's talking about how AVS got started. Well, all of you have heard of AVS, you probably don't know how it all started. Roughly 30 years ago, a young man named Lucas Soto was bitten by a rare snake in the Monteverde cloud forest. That's in Central America in what was formerly Costa Rica. The snake bite was treated, but what Lucas didn't know, what no one knew actually, was that the snake was carrying a virus making Lucas sick. So viruses getting into the human population can happen in a number of different ways, but what we call an animal vector is very common. So this is called zoonosis, and that's when a virus um, skips from one species to another. So getting bitten by a snake um, is a very logical way to get a new virus into the population. Um, And a lot of viruses that we deal with on a regular basis are often housed in either an animal vector or a human vector, and they can go back and forth. So if you think of all the mosquito-borne diseases, it's probably the most common example. They hang out in the mosquito population, and then when you get bit by the mosquito, you get the mosquito bite, obviously, and then the virus can be transferred at the same time. So in this scenario, in the future, um, you're using a snake As a vector, um, there's a lot of things to be concerned about with snake bites. (laughs) Um, So we tend to avoid them anyway, but this is a very reasonable way to get infected with something. It wasn't like a cold or a rash, but what we now call AVS had infected him through that snake bite. And even though he didn't look sick right away, he was still contagious. Lucas went back home and back to work and in that process, infected loads of other people. Viruses take time to replicate. So they have to, once they get into you, um, there's only a few virus particles in that initial infection because you only get, well, if you're bit by a snake, for example, only so much material can be transferred in that snake bite. Unless you've got like, I don't know, you didn't describe how big the snake was. <laughs> if it like took his whole leg off, it could probably transfer more. But we're still talking a, ver- a fairly small amount of material that's transferred. 
So in that initial bite, and we're assuming it goes into his bloodstream here, a few virus particles get in. Then those viruses start to replicate or make more of themselves. And that would then allow them to spread to other people and spread throughout the body of your first patient. So it's very likely that he could be shedding virus to the people that are taking care of him. If this virus got in his lungs, for example, and he was coughing, so then the you know, cough droplets would have the virus. But it might take a little bit longer for him to show symptoms because those virus particles have to get into other parts of the body where they cause damage that then he would notice as signs of the effect. Yeah, so for with a lot of viruses, you could be asymptomatic or not showing symptoms before and still be shedding virus to infect other people. On that same topic, what are the different types of viruses? And if you were going to classify a polyan, how would it be classified? So there are, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know if we have time to go into that because you didn't test a polyan, you know, all the way for us to know. Um, (laughs) But you can classify them into different families. So just like you would classify animals, for example, into mammals versus amphibians versus reptiles, you know, people, versus frogs, for example, you'd classify viruses into different families. And these categories are based on what makes up the virus. So you can look at their fundamental genetic material. So are they a DNA virus or an RNA virus? And this separates them into different families. For example, the one I study, um, uh, which is one of the herpes viruses, is the DNA virus. And this is a large virus. It's Genetic information is contained as DNA. They have envelopes. The flu virus, on the other hand, is an RNA virus. So it's got different type of genetic material. They tend to be smaller, but they also have envelopes. So we can classify them both on basically what they look like. So the structure and how they're built and their genetic material. So I don't think in episode one, we actually got into those sorts of details with the virus. So I can't really pinpoint it. Um, And we're also, it might be a class that we haven't described yet. So we are discovering new viruses all the time that actually don't match up with the categories that we already know for the different viruses. And so if they're different enough, we make a new category and a new class for them and then start looking at them that way. This was only the first six minutes of my conversation with Lindsay. If you would like to hear the full episode, it's available on Patreon right now. Visit apollyon.observerpictures.com and click become a member to join. Not only will you get to hear this full episode, you'll also get all episodes of The Science Behind as they are released, plus episodes of Apollyon five days before it's available to the public, and a whole bunch of other exclusive content. If you want to learn more about Lindsay and her work, please visit crawfordlab.org. You can also find her on Twitter at LB underscore Crawford. All of these links are in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode of The Science Behind, as well as the pilot of Apollyon, please tell a friend about it. We appreciate your support. Thank you, and see you November 17th.